It's okay. It's okay. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Please join us as we um, worship.
All right, am I on? Hey, turn their mics up. They're like soft and spoken and sweet. And Ace, our worship leader, is gone. And Ace is loud like me and doesn't need a mic. Uh, you guys, thank you for opening this morning and, and leading us in worship this week. So today is a very, very great day uh, at Crossbridge. We do this every year. We celebrate sanctity of human life. And I think we have a lot of things uh, that we, we usually talk about a sanctity of human life. But God values life. He loves life. And I, I'm very, very glad that she made it today. Um, she has been fighting cancer for months and months and months and going through chemo. And last week we found out she's in remission. The tumor's gone. Uh, Brenda's here. Wave, Brenda. Yeah. God, God values life, and I'm glad she's here today, and I'm glad you're alive and well and, and with us. So um, we're, we're going to celebrate Choices Pregnancy Center today, one of our uh, great missions and outreaches that we support uh, in the fight against abortion, and we're going to talk about sanctity of life. But before we get into all that, uh, join with me in prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, for today that we could gather as your church, uh, Lord, to worship you, to sing praises to you, or to worship you in song and giving and the preaching and teaching of your word today, uh, God. And we know you value life. Uh, your word tells us numerous passages that we're going to cover today uh, that we're created in your image and you value life. And, and God, so because you do, we should too. Uh, and, and, and it should be a forefront on our mind, Lord, uh, in the fight that we have in our country and in this world that doesn't value life. And so, uh, Lord, I, I pray that we stand steadfast on this issue. We don't waver. Uh, and God, because of that, uh, we, we're honoring you uh, today. We love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
Thank you. All right, you can be seated this morning. I have several announcements to go over. Um, I'm going to turn this mic on because they are doing the chocolate um, strawberry uh, fundraiser again this year, the missionary fundraiser. Uh, I'm not sure we may just send it to our missionaries. Uh, We may be going on a mission trip again to South Dakota to help uh, them in South Dakota, at Freeway in South Dakota. But they have like a a deal. Dana uh, and Tammy have came up with this big plan for chocolate strawberries. And for some reason it has a pie in the pastor's face. I don't know know how this got approved, but come on up here, ladies, and uh, explain what's going on. Ricky, you got that on, bud? Come on, Ricky. What are you doing? <laughs> I like getting after Ricky. I was a teacher 26 years. I can talk. We need it for online, though. <laughs> okay. You got so, it? Okay. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're trying to have some incentives, especially for the children, to try to get the kids to get involved and go sell stuff. Um, and so if you sell five dozen, so if you sell five items, they get like a little prize, and then they can go see um, Jeff get a pie in his face. So... The top seller gets to do that, and then the second um, top seller gets to throw in in Trey's face. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah! Woo! Let's go for a bunch of second placers is what we want to see. <laughs> so, if the first place person wants Trey first, go ahead. He can have Trey. <laughs> So anyway, there's a bunch of stuff that we have prizes and stuff. If the kids were there on Wednesday night, they did receive a paper. If they were not there, please let us know and we can hand you one. Um, But one of the best parts is we have it where if they sell 20 or you guys help them sell 20 tickets to your work or whatever, we have where you can have a night off. So we will babysit your children for five hours on a Friday night. So you can go out, have fun, enjoy, and they will be here and it's an all you can eat party. So we'll have all you can eat pizza, drinks, ice cream, all kinds of stuff for your children. So we will wear them out so that you guys can go and have a great time. Okay, (laughs) so this year the boxes are clear and they're gonna be decorated all cute so that you can see the chocolates better. So it's not in a regular like egg box, it's in a, it's cute like, you know, the ones they have at Sam's Club now. So it's the cute ones. Um, Tammy does have the um, order forms and we're asking this year that if you can get everyone's money in advance, we'd really appreciate it so that we're guaranteed all those sales. Um, They are available on the 13th. So starting at noon on the 13th, you can pick them up here at church um, until seven o'clock at night. If it's later or whatever, I'm happy to stay. I'm happy to come early in the morning if necessary. Um, But it's 12 to seven on the Monday, the day before Valentine's Day. And if any of your like organizations that you work at order a bunch or something, we can have Steve, (laughs) just volunteered him. He can go and deliver them like to your, He can deliver them to like your job or wherever you're at. Like if you're in Springfield or something and they order like 10 or 20, whatever, Steve will be more than happy to go do that so that people don't have to individually come here. (laughs) Where's Steve? Where is Steve? You're welcome, honey. Steve, I don't know. Me and you need to get together. Are you guys signed up for the marriage retreat yet, Steve? (laughs) We even changed our California trip. (laughs) Is there anything else? Okay, so if you guys need anything now, we can hand them out, um, or you can pick them up in the back of the church, and if you sell out, we need more forms, we're happy to give them to you. Perfect. Thank you, ladies. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the blessing box. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) So, um, 
you guys have blessing boxes getting used like crazy. People are really coming and picking up stuff. Every time we put things in there, Jeannie like checks it all the time and people are really picking up items, which is fantastic. We've gone through lots of jackets, lots of stuff. So please, if you guys can start going through your closets, um, find things that don't fit anymore or find things that you don't wear anymore, please bring them. I did put a big box in the back of church now. It's a big heart box that has hearts on it for you to put stuff in there. And the other thing is when you guys go grocery shopping, if you guys just think about it, whatever God puts in your heart to buy, if you can buy like one or two little extra things a week to put in the blessing box, just top ramen or spaghetti sauce or something, that would be fantastic for us to be able to put in that blessing box too to help others, especially when it gets towards the end of the month when people start running out of cash, cash, cash. Um, you know, towards the end of the month is a really good time too to put, you know, little extra stuff in that box. You're awesome. The only change is instead of a pie in our face, if you sell so many, you get to bake us a pie to eat. How about that, Trey? Like, let's change that. All right. So a uh, couple more announcements. Um, ladies, ladies coffee this week, Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. Ladies coffee and breakfast at Mom's Cafe. Uh, Youth Sunday is coming up very, very quickly. Youth Sunday is February 12th. We will have a lunch, and then afterwards we have our normal youth auction. So they, de they do need donations. So if you want to uh, donate a, a pie or, I don't know, just anything that you own a business, you want to donate something, donations, uh, give them to Joel and Shelly uh, Jones, our youth leaders. So youth Sunday's February 12th, lunch right after, uh, and then the auction, or the auction and then lunch. This Wednesday, I want to remind you of something. They are calling for some snow on Tuesday night. If Marshfield schools cancel on Wednesday, we don't have church Wednesday night, just, just so you know. It's an easy way for us to do cancellations uh, throughout the, the, the school year. Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday, though, if we have church, hopefully we will, we're starting the Proverbs study upstairs, uh, here upstairs, and then the ladies are starting a new class by Brenda Cook. It's verse mapping on how to memorize uh, scripture and go through scripture, so that's starting uh, this Wednesday. Today, after the morning service, we have several things going on. The ladies have a Valentine's craft day from 1 to 3 uh, downstairs, and then the young adult college class is going to leave right after church approximately, a few minutes after church, and go for their outing in Springfield today. Uh, so we got that going on. We, I added this this week. On February 17th and 18th, you heard me uh, mention a marriage uh, conference. We just got through going through Song of Solomon on Wednesday nights uh, about marriages. And, and Selena and I, and I know there's, uh, Stephen Dane have signed up, we want to open it up. Everybody who wants to go, it's at Chateau-on-the-Lake. It is February 17th and 18th. It starts at a Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock and will end Saturday afternoon. It includes your hotel uh, room on Friday night. doesn't include food, so we'll go out to dinner uh, with one another and go eat breakfast with one another. But it's the early bird price kind of ends this coming week. So if you want to go to that marriage conference with all of us, it's February 17th and 18th in Branson at Chateau-on-the-Lake. I have a link uh, on Facebook, underneath the church Facebook page. I will also text out the link this afternoon on the Remind app. So if you want to get signed up and go on that. Something else we've added to the ca uh, calendar that same week. They are having an abolition rally. Glad we added it this week. The abolition rally is, is in support of Senate Bill 356 in Missouri to abolish human abortion, uh, to make it a crime. 
So uh, we're obviously supporting that. Uh, Mike uh, Simons is going to be taking the church bus that morning, leaving at 1030 to go to Jefferson City for the rally. The rally's from 1 to 230. So if you would like to go to that, please see Mike. I'll keep announcing that as we get a little bit uh, closer to time. Also, over the next couple of weeks, Jeannie will have tax statements for you. Uh, so please, it, it, for your giving, if you, if you want yours, if a couple of them aren't done yet, but go see Jeannie uh, on your tax statements also. Anything else that I forgot? Tonight, men's Bible study at 6, uh, fellas' discipleship uh, at 4.30 uh, this afternoon also. So anything else? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and we'll have our worship time uh, before we jump into God's word together. So let's bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, I thank you again, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to come here this morning to worship you. I thank you for the many activities that we have going on uh, and, and the, the fundraisers and supporting our missionaries and missions and all the things. Lord, I, I pray that your blessing will be on them and on this church. As we enter our time of worship today, we start with giving. And Lord, it is an act of worship. And so, Lord, bless this morning offering. Use it to further your kingdom, God, that the gospel will be shared uh, all over and you will be glorified. Uh, Lord, we love you today and thank you for letting us be here. In your name I pray. Amen.
Should I ever need breathing? 
that's where you'll be. I'll count the joy come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. Thank you guys. Good job this morning. You may be seated this morning. Our children uh, can go down the stairs to the Children's Church this morning. Um, so you guys know... Choices Pregnancy Center is near and dear uh, to our hearts, and uh, we, you know, Shelly Jones, our, our one of our youth leaders, she's the treasurer, and I know Jeannie Donaldson serves there, and I know a bunch of you do uh, serve as volunteers, and we go to the banquet and we do the Walk for Life, and we're very, very much a supporter of this organization, and so um, Shelly normally gives this, but I'm, I'm glad that Scott, Scott is here this morning, Scott Jones, and uh, he is going to uh, talk to us a little bit about choices, and we'll talk about sanctity of life. You guys know we're not, we're not scared to talk about this or shy away from it, because it's still, even though, uh, thank the Lord, Roe v. Wade was overturned, this is still going on in our country, and so uh, we still, it still should be on our hearts and our minds and uh, something that we're focused on. So Scott, uh, welcome brother, come on up here, and uh, thank you for coming. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Um, Scott Jones, I'm a board member with Choices Pregnancy Center, and I do serve with Shelly. Where is Shelly now? I can't see her. There, oh, she's back over there. All right, that's right. So um, thank you for the gift of Shelly and, and uh, Jeannie and all the folks who have been helping out. We really appreciate your support uh, at Choices for, for our ministry. So um, and Shelly's last name is Jones. Just throwing it out there, so is mine. We're not related as far as we know, but, you know, probably goes back somewhere. So I want to thank Crossbridge for their continued support, both financial, uh, helping with the Walk for Life, Pastor Man sharing it our, at our banquet, um, and just being advocates for us in the community. Um, give you a little history of Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. This was established in 1984 by Ronald Reagan. He calls it a time of commemorating the lives lost to abortion and to pray for its end. So we appreciate President Reagan for that. Since 1973, over 64 million babies have been aborted in the United States. That's the population of the country of Italy. That's the combined population of the states of Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. That's more than the number of people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016. So that's a lot of people that we have lost to this. So uh, we've seen a rise from 1973 to 1990. That's when there was the most abortions, almost two million in that year. We're now down to slightly below one million a year, but that's a lot of babies. You know, one is too many. So uh, this is still a problem in our country. So as y'all know, in January 24th, 2022, praise God, Roe versus Wade was overturned. It removed the federal establishment of abortion as a constitutional right. However, it didn't outlaw abortion. It simply made it an issue that must be decided by each state. So let's talk about the states. 13 states, including Missouri, abortion is banned completely. Praise God. This, this, this uh, measure is taking it a step further and saying, let's just not make it outlawed. Let's make it a crime. It's murder. Eight states have banned abortion, but those bans were blocked by judges, so it's in litigation. We need to pray that through. Five states allow abortion up to various weeks of gestation. Eleven states allow abortion, but will not use taxpayer money for it. And 16 states allow abortion and use taxpayer money to fund it and have taken steps to enshrine their position. 
Okay, so you see there's still a lot going on here. Uh, the, overture, the overturn of Roe versus Wade became an excuse for increased persecution against pregnancy centers. I don't know if you've seen the news articles, vandalism, threats, arrests on counselors. Um, thankfully, we've not experienced that here in Marshfield, other than we've received some hate mail. So we consider ourselves uh, blessed there. Uh, the pro-death community has simply shifted their offense. I'm going to hold this up a little higher so I can see y'all. <laughs> so I've just got a lot of notes here. Usually I don't like working off notes, but there's just so much to be said I don't want to miss anything. So 54% of abortions in the U.S. are now clinical abortions rather than procedural. What that means is now people are shifting to the abortion pill. So they can reach out to a doctor, telemedicine, whatever. They just say, hey, like, I'd like an abortion. They send them a pill, it can be in the mail, go pick it up at your pharmacy, Walgreens, CVS, and you have a, an abortion in the privacy of your home. Uh, Pro-life states, including Missouri, forbid this, those to be mailed to residents in the state, but abortions are still available across the border, Kansas and Illinois, so it's not that far. Okay, the overturn of Roe versus Wade didn't end unplanned pregnancies. It didn't remove the belief among many that a baby in the womb is just a mass of tissue and not a living child. It didn't teach men how to be responsible and walk with integrity. It didn't show America that the only way to solve unplanned pregnancies is to promote and practice abstinence. It didn't create an environment of love and support for women who choose to keep their child. As you can see, overturning Roe versus Wade did not end abortion. It was a decisive victory. However, there is still a lot of work to be done to end abortion in this country. So what's going on at Choices? First off, let me just read our mission to you. Choices Pregnancy Center is a gospel-centered ministry with a mission to edify, educate, enable, encourage, and equip generations by changing and saving their lives. We're focused on saving babies, helping mothers, those with planned and unplanned pregnancies, helping couples, mentoring, classes for parenting, and educating youth, abstinence programs in schools. In 2022, we served over 250 mothers, fathers, and babies in our community. As with other centers, since COVID, the number of in-person uh, visits has decreased, uh, but the need has not gone away. Our community still has a number of women with unplanned pregnancies every year. There are still a lot of women in our community with planned and unplanned pregnancies who need assistance throughout their pregnancy. There are still a lot of men in our community who do not know how to father. There are still a lot of couples in our community who do not know how to properly raise a child. We're making some adjustments to address this in this changing landscape. We're increasing our online courses. We're targeting fathers. We're beginning outreach to teen mothers who may or may not have used our services during their pregnancy but still need help. We're bringing our abstinence program to youth groups. Just lost my page here. Okay, and we will be increasing, we're actually gonna be doing some marketing. Um, our, in efforts in our community to raise awareness of our services because you know you ask somebody a lot of people don't know what choices does or even that we're here so clearly we need to raise awareness and also um, there's a lot of or lack of information about the abortion pill and abortion pill reversal you know if that's becoming the primary method of abortion we want to make sure people know there's an option if you took that first pill and you haven't taken the second pill and it's within 24 hours, we can stop that abortion from happening. So we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna be raising awareness here in the community about that as well. So, little update on our building, building project. Uh, the land donated by, on which 
I think y'all know we had land donated by Hillside Church off Highway A. Uh, much has been accomplished this year. Y'all don't see a building. Some of you are probably wondering, is this ever going to happen? It's moving. So the title has been transferred to us. Uh, surveys have been done, soil tests. We've done clearing. Architectural plans are almost finished. And we've got a contractor who's getting all the pricing for us. And our target date of breaking ground is August of 2023 so we're about seven months away from breaking ground so praise God so how can you help us you're all pretty much doing it but I'll just I'll just run through it again give we operate 100% from the support of our community we don't pursue or accept government assistance volunteer as many of you already do mentor help run the office so thank you and just help in counseling anything there's lots of things that you can do to help us out. Jeannie could tell you she knows more than I do what, <laughs> what volunteers can do. And then pray. Women with planned and unplanned pregnancies, fathers of these children, pray for our staff, pray for our volunteers. So uh, appreciate you giving me time up here. Jeannie's got some, um, some cards she's going to hand out, I think, or, or they'll be available at the back of service. And we've got a small video testimony from a couple of our clients. And I just really want to thank you all and just uh, thank you all for what you do for our, for our ministry. God bless you. Thank you, brother. I heard about Choices Pregnancy Center about seven years ago when my friend who was also coming here told me about it and I was pregnant with my first child. I decided to come in because it was my first child and I was very nervous about having a baby. I was about 19, 20 years old, and so I was hoping to have some guidance for having a baby and going through pregnancy for the first time. Choices Pregnancy Center gave me a lot of knowledge to know what to do with my son in different situations. When a woman is pregnant, she has three options to parent, to put them up for adoption in order of where I chose beautiful baby girl and I know a lot of women have that question in their mind is like what am I gonna do you know and Choices Pregnancy Center has a lot of resources to show women their options you know they have the ultrasounds that they do here which is wonderful to see your beautiful little baby growing and I think it really makes a difference to keep, to keep my child she said that I knew that I would love and cherish all good memories and Choices has impacted my marriage and relationship just because it takes off the strain of stressing about, oh my gosh, where am I going to get baby clothes or how am I going to get diapers and wipes this week? You know, you know that you have somewhere to go if you really need help. Choices Pregnancy Center impacted my relationships by giving me enough to know that I should be with this person and he's good enough to be for my son. Choices Pregnancy Center offered me, whenever I heard about it, I was told that there was baby clothes and diapers and wipes, and so that's what drew me in in the first place. I think it's a really good choice to come in. It helps a whole lot. You know, you have no idea what you're doing, and you can get a lot more things to set up for your child. I learned from Choices Pregnancy Center that it's normal to have all these different questions and concerns and they've been very helpful with answering them or at least praying about it, which honestly gives 
more peace of mind than anything, knowing that somebody's praying for you. My reaction whenever my mentor told me about God's love and his plan to save me was just reassuring, you know, because I was already a Christian, and it's just nice having a Christian community to lean on whenever you're going through this stage of life. I chose to go down to church a lot more with my son. The spiritual decisions that I've made since coming to Choices Pregnancy Center is to just dig deeper in my Bible. You know, they have the Bible lessons that they give you every week, and it really gives you another reason to just get in your Bible, do your lessons, and learn more about our wonderful Lord and Savior. My favorite part about the weekly class is just the community, you know, being able to visit with my mentor and just relieve some of the stress of what's been going on in my life and just the unload the stresses of having a baby or the difficulties having being pregnant. Something I would like to say to other women who are in the same situation is just don't be afraid to come in, you know. I know for me I'm very reserved and so it takes a lot for me just to come in and try something new and I just just go for it you know they're really supportive they're really helpful and the baby clothes and diapers and wipes really help whenever the baby does come and so it's it's really worth it and it's worth it just to have somebody to lean on. I would like to tell the donors thank you for giving us a lot of stuff here so we can take it home and get to our baby. My son is almost one. His name is Brantley. He was seven pounds when he was born and his birthday is September 29th. This is Alessia Jane. She is my third and my first girl. She was born on August 20th and she's just greatest we've had a great family so far thank you choices pregnancy center Amen. Uh, so he said a lot there. I'm going to have an abbreviated sermon today, but uh, you're going to get the point as we go through here that God values life. So let's honor God's word today. If you would stand with me. Got a couple of different verses. The first one is in Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21. Leviticus 18, 21 says this, you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And then also Deuteronomy, two books over, Deuteronomy chapter 12. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. Deuteronomy 12, 31. It says, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods. For they burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning for the opportunity, Lord, to be here and to stand on truth. The truth of who you are, the truth of what your word says about uh, this issue. 
I pray, Lord, that you're glorified today. I pray that um, maybe we get a better understanding of this, uh, Lord, that we can share with people in love, uh, God. And in all things, we glorify you, we honor you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So, uh, Scott mentioned this, and, and I have it in my first part of my notes, that Ronald Reagan did uh, say, uh, great president, January 13th of 84, he said, we're going to designate January 22nd uh, as Sanctity of Life Day. And so uh, churches around our country use today as an opportunity to talk about sanctity of life and what God's Word says on this. And, and, and I want to I start with this real quick. You know, there's some people that say, why is the church getting involved in this highly political issue? Why, why get involved in this political issue? Well, let me first and foremost say that it's first a biblical issue. That's why we're involved with it. Uh, it's a biblical issue, and it's secondly, it's made to be a political issue. But this is absolutely a biblical issue, and we need to look at what God's Word and what He commands us to and what His Word says about this issue. And, and another reason we get involved with this is we look around our country and we see the bombardment that we get with death. I, I, I it was not joyous at all when I woke up this morning. I, I received a notification this morning that last night in L.A. County, I don't know if you all have heard, but last night in L.A. County in Monterey Park, California, I'm sure my Californians that have moved here knows where, know where that is, there was a mass shooting last night, and 10 people were killed at a festival. 16 people injured, 10 of them uh, were killed. Our, our country has no value at all on human life. At all. Uh, and, and we as the church, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, have to recognize this. That we live in a world of godlessness. Um, for, for a long time now, we've been told over and over uh, that, that humans really aren't made in the image of God. That we're nothing more than slime. We're, we're nothing more than stardust. We're accidents by chance. And, 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 and that's all we are is stardust. Well... If, and they say that because if stardust was to kill other stardust, there's no one to answer to. But if there's a God of the universe that we're created as humans in His image, if we murder or destroy another human, it's, an it's, a, it's a very, very serious thing to God. In fact, one of the earliest murders was when, when Cain killed Abel. It said the blood cried out to God from the ground. So we see these atrocities of human life, of our culture, and they don't value life. And they don't see that, that everyone is created by God. That there's one race, it's a human race. Uh, and, and we're even put on the same level as animals. That, that many animals in our society have much more protection than humans inside the womb. Uh, I, you can look up the Endangered Species Act. Three amphibians, 56 birds, seven clams, two crustaceans, 29 fish, eight mammals, 21 reptiles, two snails, and 42 plants have more protection than unborn children in our country. That's a shame. That's a shame. That's why we're talking about this. That's why we're talking about this. People killing their children and murdering their children is nothing new. It's nothing new under the sun. That's why I picked out these two verses. Why in the world do we read those two? What the worship of Molech was, was people would sacrifice their children on a burning altar, their firstborn, and they believed that that would mean future prosperity 
for them and their children. That is exactly what abortion is today. I can't afford the child. I'm not ready to have the child. I'm not ready for that financial responsibility. So I will kill it in order for my future to look better and be more prosperous. That's exactly what abortion is today. And, and we see that God, without question, was against this thing. It, he was absolutely against it, but yet we see it over and over today. Sacrificing children for convenience, for financial success, or to complete their education because they're just not ready. Not ready for kids. Those same people are doing exactly what God's word says he hated people to do in the Old Testament. It's the same thing. Here's a question that's always brought up. Well, what about if a child is born into a horrific family situation? Wouldn't it be better? You hear this argument. Wouldn't it be better for that child to be dead? Almost like a mercy killing of sorts? It makes us as believers take a step back and have to have an answer, right? My heart breaks for the children around our country that are abused, that grow up neglected, that grow up in poverty. And our churches and Crossbridge should be one that is helping children. You know how we can help children? If we pull out of those areas where those kids are at. We need to be in the areas. I, I, I'm very, very proud that Sierra is a fifth grade teacher in Marshfield. You know what? She's using that, not getting rich, let me tell you. Right, sis? She's using that as an opportunity to buy coats for kids, buy shoes for kids, to share the gospel. Guess what she has up in her room? Bible verses all over her room. You say, well, that's not right. Well, we're going to do it, right? She's going to do it until they, they, they kick her out, I guess. Uh, but because we're penetrating those areas where we can have an influence over kids. So, so people say, well, yeah, but wouldn't it be better off if they were to just born or that we should just, just kill them because they're, they're in a... Well, think about that. Think about what that logic plays out. For one, we have no right to play God. We don't know the future. We are not God. And, and no one would suggest that we go around into our communities and round up two and three-year-olds that are living in bad situations and execute them because of that. Would anyone suggest that? Absolutely not. Abs Hitler would. That's things that Hitler did in Nazi Germany. Hitler took kids that were, were, uh, had Down syndrome or had disabilities and he took them and did experiments on them and killed them. That's Hitler line of thinking, folks. It just is. So we would never say that. Well, why would we ever say that we should kill a human inside the womb because it was going to be born into a bad situation? That's Hitler thinking is what it is. That is Hitler thinking. We as Christians have to work and use our influence to reach out to people. What does God's word say about this issue? There's three things. I'm going to cover them quickly. But number one, that we are created uniquely in the image of God. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. We talked about creation this morning, didn't we? In Sunday school. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 24 through 27. 24 through 27, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So the, the, the creation narrative here, it, it, it tells us very, very uh, important things. Number one is that God is distinct from his creation. God is not us. Uh, some, some people mistakenly believe that God is in the flowers or the trees or, or the wind or nature, this new age mysticism. Uh, it, it's really just a, a, a revival of paganism and pantheism is all, all it is. And Paul warns against us worshiping the creature rather than the creator. There's a distinct warning in Scripture about this. I want to read it to you. I know we're flipping a little bit, but turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verses 21 through 25. Romans 1, 21 through 25. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Through 25, therefore, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to the impurity and the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. We better never worship trees or bugs or, hey, go fishing and eat the fish. Go deer hunting and eat the deer. Don't worship nature, what God has created. We should worship. We should look at those things and look at God's handiwork and say, man, what a great God that we serve that we can drive to Colorado to the top of the mountains. Or we can go down to Florida and hang out on the beach for a week. Go deep sea fishing and catch all these exotic fish. We should worship God because of that, not the creation. We also see in Genesis that humanity is distinct Made in the image of God. The Bible is clear that God created first the animal kingdom. Then he created man in his own image. He separated them. We are distinct in that we're created in God's image. It does not mean that we are made in the physical image of God. That's not what it's saying. Because the Bible clearly teaches us what? That God is spirit. John 4.24 says that. God is spirit. We must worship him in spirit and truth. This is, this is a part of humanity that sets us as humans apart from other earthly creatures. Here's, here's three basic ways. Number one, our intellect. Humans alone are able to conceptualize that there is a God. We're able to understand that there is a God. Horses, cows, they don't have that intellect. Only humans have that intellect. Man has our senses. Man has a complex list of emotions that we go through of love and hate and anger, joy, compassion. Animals don't have that. You ever seen any of the videos where, man, there's some out there that the animal kingdom is rough, where you see a lion about ready to eat a baby calf and it's playing with it, it's playing with its dinner. It's rough. They don't have the emotion of compassion. I don't want to eat this baby. It just eats it. Man's not made like that. We have senses. 
We also have a will. He didn't, when God made mankind, he didn't make robots. He gave us a will to exercise in one of two ways, to be obedient to the will of God or rebel against God and exert our self-will. Any sin, what else does it teach us? Any sin against human life is absolutely a sin against God. Remember when King David, King David had committed murder, murder and adultery. And what did he say when, he, when the prophet Nathan confronts David? What did David say? I've sinned against Uriah. I've sinned against Bathsheba. No, he said, I have sinned against God. So anytime that there's a sin against human life, it is a sin against God. Why is it not sinful to shoot deer when it's deer season? It's not sinful to do that because God put us over dominion over animals. We should never worship an animal over God. We should never value an animal over a human life. Should never do that. Any sin against human life is a sin against God himself. Now, I'm not saying for my animal lovers in here, hey, I have four dogs, right? Uh, we love our dogs. But it's not a human. There's a difference. There's a difference. When, when Cain killed Abel, we see, we see in Scripture, I mentioned earlier, that the blood cried out in Genesis 4.10 to God. Whenever, whenever life is taken outside of God's will, it causes God grief. So we see all these things are created by God. Life is His handiwork. We're a result of that. Now, here's the question that comes up the most. Well, when does really life begin? Scripture teaches us, I'm going to go through this, you've heard me say this before, but God knows us before our first breath. Jeremiah 1.5 says that, that God knows each person intimately before conception. He's talking about the prophet Jeremiah. The Hebrew word is formed. He says, I formed you together, is what the passage says. It is a word used by potters when they mold and they shape their clay into a particular thing. When they pour it into mold and they work it into whatever they're making. God's word in Jeremiah tells us that before God formed us, he shaped us. He molded us. He brought us. He formed us into existence long before he was conceived in his mother's womb. It says that he knows us. He knew us. The Hebrew word for that means it conveys great meaning in the Old Testament. It goes much deeper than just an intellectual knowledge or awareness. The word means a personal commitment, an intimate experience with the person known. So when God says, I knew you in your mother's womb, I formed you in your mother's womb, the fact that God not only knew Jeremiah, but he knew him in a personal way, before he was conceived. That should tell us something about how much God values life. He, he, before, before we were a twinkle in our mother's eye, God knew us and he formed us in the womb. God knows us and cares about our life. He, uh, Psalms, turn to one, Psalms 139. I'll read this one. Psalms 139, 13 and 14. Psalms 139. Verses 13 and 14. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
What is the knit together part? The Hebrew word there literally means to weave. It's like basket weaving or to fence in. Literally that God weaves us together. It's a personal thing. He personally weaves us together in our mother's womb. He values us. He fashions us together. We're not significant. He says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It means in an awesome way. David's saying it's awesome, it's too beautiful, it's too complex. It's too supernatural to be anything but awesome. The Hebrew word for wonderfully made, it means to be set apart, to be marveled at, to make wonderful. I remember, and Choices does this. You may mention this, Brother Scott, this morning, but Choices does ultrasounds for moms. I don't know if you mentioned that, but when moms come in, some women that are contemplating an abortion, when they see the heartbeat... When they see this baby and they see, they see fingers and toes, man, they, they, a lot of them change their mind immediately because they can see, wow, this is a human inside of me. I remember when Selena was pregnant with our kids. Fellas, what do we all like to do? Put your hand up against your stomach and push. And you feel this, bang. Get out of my, get out of my areas with that baby saying, leave me alone, right? You know that it's amazing. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. So before we're conceived, God is actively involved in our formation once we are conceived. He knows us before we're conceived, and he forms us after we are. It's quite clear that we live in a culture that will protect whales and seals and the rights of animals. And I'm okay with that. But we also live in a society that doesn't want to protect the unborn. A culture that values family pets more than the old or terminally ill, the mentally or physically handicapped. But we are people who are striving to live for God and obey the word and obey the Bible like God does. To view all life as precious and sacred. You say, well, I'm just one person. What can I do? What can I do? Well, number one, we have to value human life the way that God does. What has he called the church to be? In 2 Corinthians 5.20, he uses a word. We are supposed to be ambassadors. We are supposed to be Christ on the earth. We are supposed to be taking the message. The ambassadors of hope and of life. What do ambassadors do? They tell the truth about who Jesus is. They tell the truth about life. They tell the truth about the gospel. They stand on biblical principles. They share the truth of Christ. Jesus celebrated life. He was a cheerleader for life. What does he say in John 10.10? He says, a thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance God cared about life. Jesus cared about life. His point in these two passages, here's the point, that if you haven't in the past, you can't in the future really experience life until you have a sit-down, you have a heart-to-heart personal relationship with Christ. You really can't understand about life until you have Jesus. So what's the solution? The gospel. The gospel, you know one thing, this isn't just about abortion. Choices isn't just about abortion. Crossbridge is just not about one particular issue. 
What's the most important thing? Christ. The gospel. You want somebody's mind to be changed about abortion? Have them believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Share the gospel with them. You know what Choices does? They share the gospel with people. That's why they're not federally funded. That's why we fund them. There's a lot of ways we can do that. Uh, those, those things they passed out will tell you how you can do that. They share the gospel with every young lady who comes in. We should be ambassadors of the gospel. Here's the other thing we can be ambassadors of, and I'm going to close with this. Forgiveness. Here's a word that's so left out of this conversation, folks. It's so left out of this conversation. The odds are that there's somebody hearing my voice, either here or watching online, that has had an abortion or knows someone that has had an abortion themselves. I want everyone to make sure that they hear me as loud as I can speak, that God doesn't grade our sins. So I'm not going to look upon a young lady who has had an abortion any different than how many lies I've told in my life. You guys remember a few months ago when I preached on murdering people, murdering their character, and all those ways that we can murder people? You remember how convicting that was? Convicting for me. Maybe it wasn't for you, but we've murdered people. We're no different. We're no different. What, what is it that's separated? The forgiveness. We should be ambassadors of forgiveness. James 2.10 says this. Forever, whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. So sin is sin in God's eyes. Jesus died for all sin, including the sin of abortion or supporting abortion. What do we do? We confess our sins to God. We, we confess our sins. We agree with God about the sin. And he, what does he do? He forgives us. So if you're here this morning, you say, oh man, I, I just, sanctity of human life just beats me up every, every year because I had an abortion when I was 18. I want to tell you this morning that God can take all things and work them for good when you love him according to his will. Amen. So what does that mean? That means if you've had an abortion, ladies or fellas, you've been somebody who's supported one, you should be the first ones that are volunteering for choices because you can relate with people when they walk in the doors. You can relate with people. You can be an ambassador of, hey, that God has forgiven me. Maybe this morning you've never forgiven yourself for that. You know what you need to do? When you ask God to forgive you, he forgives you. He says he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Rest in his forgiveness. And use the, the experiences that you've had for his glory. Confess your sin to God and he will exalt you. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. The one thing I think that God values more than life itself is new life in him. Having new life in him. Jesus not only valued everybody he came in contact with, he went out of his way to seek and to save the lost. He gave grace. He loved people and gave grace to those who had little value in the eyes of the church crowd or the religious crowd. Jesus, I think about Jesus speaking words of life to a woman who had multiple marriage partners and was living with another man. And instead of condemning her, he gave her what she was really looking for, a relationship, the woman at the well. 
He gave her a relationship with him. God desires that we would support sanctity of life. He does, because his word tells us. But even more, he wants us to celebrate life here and have life eternally with him. I'll tell you what, you, ta- you want to take care of the abortion problem? Have a revival that sl- sweeps across the country where people's hearts are changed. Amen. Listen, this isn't a political issue. This is a biblical issue. And the solution is always and only Christ. Now, does that mean I'm not going to be involved in causes outside of here? No. We're going to take, Mike's going to take church bus up there. We're going to head up and have a rally, right? I believe we should do those things if we really believe the gospel. But the gospel changes everything. The solution for the problem is the gospel. Not anything else. Not any one person. Not anything else. It's the gospel. I want to encourage you today. Support life. Be vocal in supporting life. And if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray today is the day you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in who Jesus is and what he did. Stand for truth on this issue. The day that we as a church stop standing for life and stop standing for the truth, we're not a biblical church anymore. We're just a country club. And that's the day we should shut the doors. It doesn't matter how unpopular this gets. This should be a focus of ours on our hearts and on our minds, sharing the gospel. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can. I want you to remember there's forgiveness through Christ. He can use you. He can use you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this morning. Your word has so much to say on this, and I barely just touched the surface this morning. But God, as followers of yours as a church, we should value life. We should value life in the womb. We should value life when, when, and as adults. We should value the life of the elderly. We should value the life of the disabled. Lord, evil people don't value life. Lord, we're called to be completely separate from that. I, I pray this morning that we stand on this issue of truth. We're vocal about this issue. We talk about this issue. Lord, we stand for truth. God, I also pray that we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors in our community to share the truth of how someone can be saved. And that there's forgiveness, Lord, including this. There's forgiveness through you. Lord, I pray this morning that people use the gifts and the experiences that have happened in their life for your glory today. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
So my wife reminded me of something that's like, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but Selena, uh, in her senior year in high school, she got pregnant uh, with, with Sierra. She had Sierra her senior year, and, and this world would have probably told her to get rid of Sierra, right? She was raised in a godly home, so that wasn't an option, but the world would have pushed her to do that, and I'm thankful she didn't do that. I can't imagine our family without Sierra, and so, like, it just brings us even into more and makes it personal that we should help young ladies, and that's what they're doing, so we have to support it. All right, I'm emotional. Paul, get up here. I had a, I had a great time talking with this young man, and, uh, you know, I always, when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to talk about baptism, I just don't say, oh, great, let's baptize them, right? They, I mean, they come into my office, and we ask them some tough questions about salvation and when they were saved, because the last thing I want someone to do is to not really have Christ and not understand the gospel, and we baptize them, and then when they're 40 or 50 years old, and someone says, tell me about... When you became a follower of Christ, they say, well, I mean, Jeff baptized me uh, before. Jeff baptized me when I was a kid. That's not salvation, right? And so we always want to meet with people and always want to ask them questions and make sure they're followers of Christ. And, and uh, I'll tell you, when I ask him questions, man, he, this wasn't a long meeting because he knows the gospel. Uh, and and he's, he's, uh, he, he, he has professed Christ as the Lord and Savior several years ago, right? Three, about three years ago, he said, right? About three and a half years ago. And uh, he has never baptized. And baptism is important. It's, it's our act of obedience. It's an outward act of obedience and saying, God, look, you've got me. And it's him telling all of you that he's a follower of Christ. And so uh, he's come this morning and wanting to be baptized. And so that's amazing. Uh, so give him a hand for that. We want to encourage him. You got anything you want to say real quick? Yes, yeah, Okay. Um, so I was wondering what I was going to say. Jesus, what do I tell the church? And uh, it's just right on time. I spent a few, a, few, a few early mornings in front of a Planned Parenthood with my son that I just spoke to last night. And, and I would uh, tell his mom, no, Shannon, go home. And she answered, and she did. And it was about three times I had to do this, all the way up to about the six-month mark, because that's California law. And, and today he's a high school graduate. Um, so uh, he's just living a good, healthy life, and he, answered the, he answers the call to Jesus Christ himself. So um, thank you for what you guys do, and it's amazing to stand, because I did that by myself. There was no one with me. I had to get in my truck and drive early. I was 24 years old, and um, she would turn around and go back each time. So today I have a body of believers, and I can profess my faith today in front, and just in front of you guys, and it means a lot. So God bless you, and thank you. Amen. Thank you, brother. You stand right here. So I want you to come around and congratulate him. Here's the benediction. It's Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're his workmanship. Folks, you're the highlight of God's creation. Before the foundation of the world. That is amazing. And what are we? We're supposed to take our good works, which are through Christ, and take them and spread the gospel. That's the goal. Keep supporting choices. Know that we're going to keep supporting uh, the organization, and we're, we're going to be faithful in doing that. Um, I'm going to ask Denny uh, Chisholm, would you close us in prayer this morning? 
Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this day. We thank you for life that you've given us, Lord, for the air we breathe. We thank you for this congregation. We pray, Lord, that you would protect them, guide and direct in everything they do. Lord, give us wisdom and knowledge, Lord, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.